right, I'll give it a minute. And in the, in the meantime, I'd like to welcome everyone to the first session of Debray Deborah, Responsa in Playtime by Rabbi Shalom Zakir. Um, for those not familiar, Rabbi Dr. Shalom Zakir teaches in the Dr. Beth Samuels High School program and in the Drisha Samakolo, as well as at other Drisha programs. A postdoctoral fellow in Jewish studies at McGill University, he received his PhD in ancient Judaism at McGill University and was a member of YU's Kolel Elyon. Previously, he served as the director of the Orthodox Union's JLIC initiative at Yale University. Rabbi Zakir is an alumnus of Yeshivat Haaretzion and Reitz, as well as the Wexner and Tikva fellowships. He has lectured and taught widely across North America, as well as at Yale, Yeshiva University, the Tikva Fund, and Benot Sinai. A founder of the Lower House, Rabbi Zakir also serves on the editorial committee of tradition and has edited two books on contemporary Jewish thought. Um, we encourage everyone to ask questions, either by unmuting yourself or putting questions in the chat. Um, if you're comfortable doing so, we'd love to have you turn on your camera and actively participate in the class. And now, without further ado, Rabbi Shalom Zakir. Uh, thank you, Kayla. And uh, um, it's good to be here learning together with everyone. And uh, as, as Kayla said, everyone's invited, if they can, to, uh, to turn on their camera. And uh, it always, always creates a bit more of a learning uh, community uh, atmosphere. And our goal is to, is to learn through so to speak, uh, various responses that have been produced in the context of pandemic and in response to pandemics throughout Jewish history. Um, so today, we're going to focus on the several letters by Rav Akiva Eger. We'll talk more about him in a minute. Um, uh, next week, and these will be mostly halachic and uh, practical guidance. Uh, next week, we'll talk about, we'll take a more theological angle, looking at a, uh, uh, an extended shuva of the Rashbash. And then two weeks from now, uh, the plan is to, uh, to look at some contemporary, uh, contemporary response over the past year. I uh, need to figure out exactly uh, what we'll focus on, but definitely uh, relevant things that, that uh, speak to the pandemic and to um, our particular situation. Um, so, and again, the goal here, I think as we, we publicize, the goal here is to, uh, to work through the chuvos. So I'll obviously contextualize things and, and help uh, go through it, but there's the, the, uh, the handout is essentially three extended letters, uh, three letters by Rav Kivager, and uh, in future weeks, it'll be the same. We'll, we'll work through the texts uh, together. Um, you know, these, uh, these aren't the most studied uh, chuvos, at least they weren't until, until a bit over a year ago, and all of a sudden, these issues become relevant again, and uh, it's worth, uh, people have seen it as worth exploring. People have written some short pieces on, uh, on these, various, uh, these various letters. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a good idea to learn them together. So I'm gonna share the screen with, um, with the handout, and uh, hopefully everyone can see that. Um, all right, and, uh, and these, uh, just the, the safer that I got this from is called Tzidka uh, Soam uh, Yisrael. It's a collection of, of letters on, on uh, these sorts of issues and uh, just happened to, to have it uh, lined up neatly, but these, these letters appear in multiple places as well. Let's just uh, talk a little bit about Rav Kiva Eger. Probably, I'm guessing people here have heard of uh, Rav Kiva Eger, one of the great Talmudists, uh, certainly of his, of his generation, the late 18th and early 19th century, but really he's part of the pantheon of, uh, you know, of elite Talmudists period. Um, he was, you know, the uh, Gadol Ador, he was the great, the great decisor of, of his generation, and he wrote multiple works on, but not only of responsa, but also uh, commentaries 
uh, on, on different uh, Talmudic and halachic works, really un, unquestioned in terms of his halakhic authority. As we'll see today, he also had a lot to contribute uh, on, on a more uh, pragmatic level in uh, different ways. He was the, the rabbi of the city of Posen or Poznan uh, at, uh, for the last 22 years of his life, um, which included the, the pandemic we're going to talk about now, the cholera, the cholera epidemic of 1830, 1831, and we'll see how he led his community as well. We'll also see um, there that his writing is very uh, often very poetic with lots of uh, biblical allusions. Uh, we don't have enough time to fully appreciate those, but we'll note them as they, uh, as they come up. So that's our, that's our plan for today. And, um, uh, and yes, I should also mention that Rukhidegar's uh, leadership was such that it was recognized by, by the king at the time, King of Prussia, and he was awarded a, a commendation for his activities. So this is going to give us a window into both some of the halachic issues and some of the communal governance issues that uh, that Rav Kiveger, uh, experienced and, and how he responded, uh, how he responded to them. So let's take a look. Here's the description of the letter. It's a letter he wrote at the time of the plague. Gave some guidance on what and how to pray. And also how what to eat, how to how to function in that uh, in that regard. And uh, again, we're talking about the cholera epidemic, which in the 19th century broke out several different times. Uh, the world was much less global, uh, and they would, these were extended uh, breakouts uh, that uh, that that took longer to spread and and were uh, really did kill off a lot of people. And uh, cholera works, uh, it, it sort of, uh, it uh, dehydrates a person. It leads to, uh, to, to, um, uh, to vomiting and to diarrhea. And uh, that's, that's sort of the danger. We'll see that reflected in, in some of the guidance, uh, some of the guidance here. Okay, so he's, uh, he's responding, sort of a nice uh, formal blessings uh, to Yedid Nafshi, Umechamed Levavi, Harava Muflag, Kharif Ubaki, Kharitz Vishanun, et cetera. Elio Nero Yair Av Bezdin Reish Masifta the Kal Kadisha Pleshin. So he's talking to his student, who has been identified as Rav Eliyahu Gutmacher, just as Eliyahu of Pleshin. But we know the Rav of of Pleshin was Elio Gutmacher, who was a student of Rav Kivega. Was about thirty five at the time, and uh, the date here, um, it's uh, it's Parshas Nitzavim Tav Kuf Sadi Aleph, which is. 18, uh, 18, uh, 1830, probably, if it's, uh, if it's Nitzavim, um, well, it might depend if Nitzavim was before or after Rosh Hashanah that year, but right at the, right uh, at the transition between 1830 and 1831. And so he gets this letter from, from uh, Rav Elio Gutmacher, and here's how Rav Akiva Eger responds. It says, Mikhtavo Higiani, right? I received his letter, writing the third person at respect. I received your letter about prayer in the synagogue. I think that you're correct, or I think it's true that gathering in one place is not proper. Just because we can't all get together in one place doesn't mean we should cancel public prayer. We should get together in smaller groups for prayer. Each time a small group, approximately a group of 15 men to get together for minyanim. Yes, and they start at, at the first light, the Akhrav Kasacheris, then another group. 
So he's responding, what do you do? This is something uh, obviously that we saw a bit over a year ago. Uh, what do you do when there's a pandemic, when it's dangerous for large groups to gather? How do you respond to that? Uh, obviously, uh, every pandemic is different and the guidance is different. Um, so the, 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 the thought was having the whole community, having however many few hundred people get together every morning to Davin Chakras would be unnecessarily dangerous. But what's less dangerous is to have shifts, to have groups of 15 uh, come in, do their minion, and then they leave, and then the next group can come into the shul and have their minion. That, that very much minimizes the risk because uh, it's only a group of 15. Um, so it's, it's a form, it both allows for physical distancing and it limits the number of people uh, that a person is exposed to. So he says, Everyone has a set time when they come to Davin, has a set, you know, you have a sign up list when, you're, when your time is both chakras and I guess mincha mariv or v'lomar achar tefila erev uboker tehillim ezim isvarm sheyivchar maratis quote Tarasso. Um, so that was going to give some recommendations about, about uh, what to daven. But in terms of how to daven, it's really fascinating. People pointed to this. They said the idea of limiting the size of the group, which uh, I think in, in many, many states in the U.S. and, and in Israel was recommended at, at various stages, uh, right, for people who, uh, you know, at points where, where it was not, uh, you know, not decided to be unsafe to join at all. But the idea was minimize the size of the group. Um, so we see Rav Kiveger came up with this idea first, so to speak, in an earlier pandemic. Of course, uh, the number 15 is, is sort of interesting. Um, I think some states uh, this past year had, had the number 10, where you can have a minimum of, a maximum of 10, which is a little hard to do because 10 is the exact number for a minute. Let's say someone doesn't show up or they're davening slowly. 15, the idea is it's, uh, you know, it's close enough, it's, it's small enough that uh, it won't be too dangerous, but also it's a few more than 10, such that there's a little bit of, of wiggle room. So this is first the first piece of guidance um, by Erkidegger, very relevant uh, to our experience as well. And now he's going to suggest what exactly to uh, what exactly to say and how how to uh, undergo uh, what 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 it feels to add. So he says, "Velomar achar tefila erev uvoker." Right after shachar's after mariv to add tehillim ezim ismarim shiyiv chamaratz kodesh rasov. Decide which tehillim you want to add. The achar hanusach. Uh, right, the list of uh, we say this uh, uh, sometimes when, when we uh, in certain certain times of the year when we say certain tefilos, uh, etc. Um, a whole whole list of, of beseeching God. Um, so uh, this that that prayer as well. He writes on and then say he writes on a prayer after Tehillim, generally. Uh, Tehillim, right? Tehillim are, are uh, chapters of Tanakh, right? Chapters of uh, and the Prakma of Tanakh. It's not obvious that you can pray that you can daven by saying Tehillim itself. So often people suggest that after the Tehillim, the Tehillim maybe can inspire you. You should add an actual prayer after the Tehillim, which he suggests. Should also mention the king in the prayers, right? Uh, for everyone's praying for their well-being, special prayers. We should mention the king as well. Um, uh, Misha Anna, uh, sorry, I was skipping my back line. Vizaro, Visarav, right? The king's uh, descendants and uh, and officers, Bechol Shochni Arzo, and all the residents of the land, throwing a, a prayer for the government as well. The lower Baboker, Uba Erev, Achar Parshas Atamid, Bitsibur, Kol Nusuch Parshas Aktores, Atahu Sheftiru Vichule. And now this suggestion to add Parshas Aktores, right? The, the paragraph in the Torah that talks about the incense that was brought 
twice daily in the Mikdash or brought daily in the Mikdash. Why, why incense? Because uh, if you know a little bit uh, in, the, in the Torah, there was a plague. Aaron brought the incense and it stopped the plague. So uh, there's a precedent. Um, there's a precedent for, for, for Torahs stopping a plague. And that's what's recommended here. And of course, we can't bring the Torahs ourselves for, uh, for many reasons. Um, but saying the prayers, saying the, the, the prayers about the Torahs is the equivalent of bringing the Torahs, just like saying prayers about sacrifice is the equivalent of bringing the sacrifice. So that's the recommendation here of saying um, the Parshat Torahs. This, this recommendation was actually echoed uh, this past year. Both, I think, Rav Chaim Kanievsky at one point suggested that people say uh, the, the, the Parshat Torahs as a, as a special, uh, you know, a special protection. I think also Italy, which, which of course was the nation first, uh, Western nation first hit uh, very strongly by COVID. Um, the rabbinate in Italy suggested that people say that the, the, uh, the Parshat Torahs as well. So again, this goes back to uh, Rav Akiva Eger, and of course he gets it from uh, from the story with with Aaron and the Torah, and uh, and later discussions about how that uh, can also lead to saving lives. Also, a certain prayer, Ribon, Ribon Olamim, praying to God in terms of the Mamados, um, to say that as well. So he's adding all of these additional prayers with the the hope that uh, beseeching God and uh, and this Torah. Uh, equivalent would, would hopefully stem the plague. The lachush, so that's that's the additional prayers. The lachush shlo yitchuku anashim yoser miasachanal level of esakneses. Be very careful that you don't have more than that set number, the number of fifteen of people coming to shul. Right. Be very careful about this. The evshar al yidei amidas shomer mi politzi leashkiach bezeh. Right. May even be worth getting a police, getting a policeman to help. Guard the shul to make sure that you don't break uh, break the rules to enforce the the rule the, the maximum of fifteen in the shul. Why? Right to make sure that once you reach the number, the uh, the police can make sure that no one else comes in. You can pass on this to the to the magistrate to the local uh, government. You let them know that this is both what the uh, uh, this is what the, both what the magistrate wants, what the local government wants, and that I uh, I suggest that people follow this as well in terms of a, a maximum of fifteen in shul. The um, imyasarvu, and if they if they refuse, if they don't want to follow your uh, your guidance, they say no. We want to we want to dominate in groups and larger groups. Tov laharich regirung. You should uh, you should uh, coordinate uh, with the regiring, which means the, the again the local government to po, uh, and uh, bring them in. will certainly be successful. They'll certainly uh, won't hurt if you mention me. Uh, you mention uh, that Ira Vega suggested this. That you shouldn't get join a large group in a small place. that I suggested this and this whole. Uh, these all these tefillos, and that I suggested to say these extra tehillims and to pray for the king. The one thing that's very interesting here, uh, well, there's a few things that are interesting. The in, the bringing in of the police to guard the shul is an interesting idea, and and even uh, to coordinate with the with the uh, government. People have uh, you know some people have uh, this past year have said well. You know, uh, 
number one, not not taking the the uh, medical recommendation seriously, which which uh, Rafiger certainly seems to be doing here. But then they would say things like, well, you know, if you if you in, if you uh, tell the government about our illegal minion, that's Misira. You're right. You're a Moser. You're turning in other Jews. Um, you know, that's a terrible thing. Uh, the, the, the Gemara has very negative things to say about Mosers. So there was a very a very strong negative. Uh, some some very strong negative things said about people who turn in others, and yet this is precisely what Rav Kiva Eger is suggesting uh, that uh, that people do at uh, at the time. And also the way that he sees his rabbinic leadership, it's not just about which Tehillim to say and which Tefillos to say, but uh, but to make sure that people right in the shul especially, it's the rabbi's job to make sure that people are are uh, doing things that are safe. That we'll see in, uh, in a bit, he'll emphasize this even further. And just a word about the king, he keeps talking about the king. So um, the, uh, the Melech Yarum Hodo, may his, uh, may his uh, glory be great. So this is a Friedrich William III of Prussia, who uh, became king in 1797, ruled until 1840, and we're now in 1830, 1831. Um, and uh, and uh, he was the one who gave Rukiveger a commendation. Um, but of course, back in Europe, you if you know it's not like uh, it's not like in America today where you say the tefillah. You don't say the tefillah. That's sort of a personal choice. Uh, in Europe, if you weren't uh, praying for the king, that was a very dangerous thing. So that's why it really gets emphasized here and in the other letters. Certainly, uh, not not that he had anything against it per se, but um, you know, any any public letter, you want to make sure that you're you uh, emphasize the prayer for the king. You wouldn't want uh, them to get the wrong idea. Um, all right, so let's let's keep uh, let's keep going. In with, with further advice from Rabbi Kiva Eger, um, he says, "Yekubat l'maras kol Toraso be'ad kol nefesh v'nefesh l'mikatzon v'agadol be'av bad ubar b'mai imo." So everyone should you should gather you right your great Torah uh, honor, meaning you uh, you uh, the other rabbi should gather for every single soul, you know, small to old, every person, including uh, fetuses, including uh, right uh, the babies of pregnant mothers. Shisha Gedolim Polanish. So I think Polanish is the Polish currency. Get six large Polish coins. And do a Pidyon Nefesh, the redemption of life. Um, and the Pidyon Nefesh, this is very close to what we, uh, what we do when we call uh, Kaparos. We do Kaparos with money. Uh, that's essentially the same thing. A Pidyon Nefesh, where you say, um, you know, this person is in danger or might be in danger, and here is money. The money redeems this person's soul, and uh, the person should therefore be freed from danger because uh, their soul has been redeemed. Um, and what do you do with the money? We'll, we'll continue. If you need, uh, if, you, if uh, you don't know what to do with the money, we could use the money here for tzedakah. The most of course, the money goes to the poor. We'll see in the next letter, Rav Kivager talks about the, the great uh, financial burdens in, within his community uh, for a variety of reasons at this time. But the idea of Pidyon Nefesh, it's sort of a, it's a combination of two themes. Number one, this idea of redemption, right? Literally, Pidyon Nefesh, redemption of, of the soul or of the life. Um, and uh, right, with this idea, we have this idea in Tanakh, uh, the idea of kofar of uh, redemption money, which doesn't always work, but at least in these contexts, it can work. But also the other side of the coin is the money that's being used for tzedakah. That's, uh, that shows the value, uh, that shows the value there as well. So it's not, it's not just a, a, an empty ritual, it's a, an act of chesed 
that uh, that functions in this way. Um, so that's a second, that's a second, a third thing really. So we, we have uh, the distancing or people in shul. We have additional prayers in shul, and now this idea of pidyon nefesh or tzedakah. That's the third a strong suggestion from Rav Kiviger. And now we're going to get some medical recommendations as well. Um, and I'll just note ahead of time. Um, I think in the in the, the uh, in the 1830s they knew a lot less about cholera than we know today. So I wouldn't take this as a practical medical advice, but uh, Rafiger was was working with the best uh, medical knowledge of the time. So he says, "Li shamer ma'od me lis kara." A person should get very very careful not to get cold, right? Uh, the, the idea that being cold, you're more likely to be sick. Um, that's why it's called getting a cold. Tov lis labesh kol echad bimapa flannel, right? Everyone should wear a flannel uh, uh, shirt or uh, or covering. A chagra alabetan that's belted around your chest, apparently. The, the armies at the time wore flannel as well for the same reason. So this was the uh, you know the state of the art uh, as as it were at the time for how to uh, how to stay safe from cholera uh, to wear flannel keep warm. Not to eat bad foods, especially gurkin, which is uh, cucumber or pickles. Person shouldn't uh, eat uh, fruit or fish or drink a beer. I think part of this may be some of these foods may uh, be uh, more likely to allow for diarrhea, which is again one of the one of the you know the the challenges of cholera is you, it leads to uh, diarrhea, dehydration. So uh, maybe some of these foods are more uh, more likely to allow for that. Shelo lecho asova, a person shouldn't eat when they're already full. Vatovioser lecho pamim harbe pam shelobemeruba. Better to eat lots of small meals than one large meal. Again, maybe that's a similar. Uh, a similar consideration. This actually, we know, does prevent uh, spread of cholera. To be clean, not to allow uh, disgusting things in the house, right? Uh, um, uh, water contaminated by cholera is the way it spreads. So uh, avoiding that would be a good thing. Change your clothes at least once a week, which again, back then probably wasn't taken for granted. Um, and then he throws this in, which I think is also very relevant today, not to worry, uh, not to worry, presumably not to worry too much, and to uh, take, you know, avoid any sort of sadness. Um, and uh, recognizing that uh, the mental health is also an important consideration, which I think is something that, uh, that we saw the past year, although, although maybe it took people a little longer to recognize it, uh, that, that it was sort of a global problem. Then maybe it should have, but uh, keeping in mind that when uh, when when there are pandemics and people are staying away from each other and not getting together, there also is uh, a danger of uh, uh, on the mental health plane. I don't know if that's exactly what he meant. It could be that that he thought that uh, being sad somehow uh, made one susceptible for cholera, but at the very least, it's certainly a relevant consideration. And now the, the way they thought cholera was was uh, conveyed was through bad air. Um, so, I mean, that's literally what the word malaria means. Cholera is slightly different, but um, bad air is how it spreads. Therefore, he points out the following suggestion. Don't walk around in the city at night. That's, that's bad air. Um, but during the day when the sun's out, then it's good to walk in the field, get some good air. Open the windows in the morning to get that air. Don't go outside 
on an empty heart or empty stomach. Uh, I guess that the thought was that's bad for you. Lecho eza gargrim chardal alibarekana, but you should eat uh, mustard seeds on an empty stomach. And in the the last letter that we'll hopefully get to, he mentions that he saw this in earlier svarim, earlier medical uh, Jewish books, as as a way of helping. The likach rinda min eichenholz, the rind or the bark of an oak tree, you should take that and that's good for you as well. So there were some apparently uh, medical cures or what were seen as medical cures at the time that were uh, recommended. You should wash, uh, wash your hands and, and face every morning. Again, this probably actually does help, um, assuming it's clean water. Okay, and sort of wash, wash off the rooms with uh, vinegar um, mixed with uh, a uh, flower water. Um, so again, the, the water may, may have helped there as well. So again, to just take a big picture, what are the recommendations? Social distancing, additional philos, additional prayers, um, staka in the form of pidyon nefesh, redeeming people, and uh, medical advice. Again, based on the medical advice they had at the time, we may not exactly agree, but that's, that's the uh, guidance there are Kiyagir offers, and really, it's it's you know fairly wide ranging. Um, and uh, right, he, he didn't say you know I'll stay in my lane and just uh, just tell you what to daven or just give you halachic answers. He really goes into detail about uh, how best to uh, to help people. Really seeing part of his role as as uh, being able to help on on the public health plane. So that's the first of, of the three letters here. We'll pause for a minute if anyone has questions or ideas or thoughts. Um, the things they were wondering about. We can also talk about a couple of things that we're not going to read inside if we have a chance, but they'll open, open the floor for a minute or two. Hi, Shlomo. I have a quick question. It wasn't in the, uh, in the tshuva, but I'm curious if there's any knowledge, if there was any, like, just to kind of try to think about it through today's lens, was there any, like, backlash against some of the things that he said, any pushback from the community, or do we have no knowledge of anything of that sort? Um, so, I mean, I do think, it, I, don't, I don't know of, uh, you know, external sources that would corroborate that, but I think in what we read, we saw that uh, Eric Vigor is worried that, uh, you know, the community he's sending these letters to, he says, well, if you get pushback, here's what you do. You bring in the police and you can say that I said to do this, right? He knew his, his word was very strong, he's the God of the door, and police obviously have, uh, you know, a monopoly on, on power, can make things Making this happen, so I think there was a concern that there would be pushback. Right? It seems like Rafiger certainly expected uh, that that was a, a, a you know a, a reasonable possibility. And uh, yeah, again, that's also in some ways parallel to to uh, our experience or some some parts of the Jewish community over the past year. Right? It's hard to get people out of uh, out of their rhythm, especially for religious things. Um, and even if the religion dictates it, even if the Gadol says, "Well, we need to change our uh, change our, our usual," it's not it's not normal. Uh, that doesn't always work. You know, uh, uh, inertia is a very powerful thing. Other other thoughts or suggestions, or we can move into the second letter, which is a, a little bit of a different nature. Okay, so let's jump into that. And this letter we're going to see is Mikhtav Shashalach, Be'erbi Yom Kippurim, Tafkuf Tzadi Beis. So this is... Um, uh, right at the, the beginning of Tufkut Sadi Base, that's like uh, September, uh, October of 1831. A letter he sent, Lekehilos, Hamburg, London, Amsterdam. 
right, the three communities of Hamburg, London, and Amsterdam, Rafiger sent a letter. So he asked them to support his community with financial support. At the time that the cholera began to appear. Just a word about, uh, about the word cholera. Right, anyone recognize that word? So on the one hand, it's, you know, it's sort of a transliteration of cholera, but it's not exactly. If you really wanted to spell cholera in Hebrew or Yiddish, you wouldn't spell it cholera. But cholera comes up in, the, uh, in, uh, in Tanakh. It's in, uh, um, uh, in Koheles, right? It's a choli, the choli rahu. So because, of the, because the word cholera sounds like cholera, and cholera is talking about a bad disease, so there's uh, like a convergent etymology, right? The, the word, the, the classic Hebrew word, and the, the new word that sounded similar sort of converged. And now the word in modern Hebrew, I believe, for cholera is, is cholera, which came from the Yiddish, um, which of course comes from both Tanakh and the, uh, the, you know, the non-Hebrew word cholera. There were some people who thought that the word cholera actually comes from uh, cholera, but that seems to be inaccurate. In any event, so this letter is going to be a little different than the other one. The other letter was guidance to a shul as the how to or community as the how to proceed. This is going to be more a, a plea for resources. And it's much more poetic, I guess. Uh, you know, you hope if it's uh, if you write a, a, a poetic enough, a flowery enough letter, you're more likely to get donations. So, right, God's honor should uh, go uh, flow ab above you. Your heads, your tribes, your elders. So you should see happiness and rejoicing. The circle of your families. The uh, blessings of heaven above should a shower all good in your uh, places of dwelling. Uh, all the leaders uh, of, of Adas Yashurin, of the uh, community of, uh, of Yashurin, meaning the Jewish people, and especially the rabbi, and he sent the same letter, he filled in a different rav uh, to these different communities. So here's his plea. Um, so he says, right? You heard on the news, You heard that cholera is overtaking us and it's, uh, it's destroying our city. Um, right? It's gone up in, uh, in, uh, in, in prayers in our, in our Kirya, in our city. It's killing many, and uh, in its anger, it won't remember. And as opposed to God, we ask that God remember in his mercy. Um, right? So you see the footnote here, they, they mention it's a reference to, um, to Chabakuk. Right? God, God in God's anger has mercy. Cholera does not have any mercy. Um, it pours out a, a cup full of destruction. Um, it set its table, it slaughtered, it slaughtered. It, you know, these are references to different shukim, but uh, in poetic form, describing the destruction. And uh, the, the uh, clouds have been set aside and filled with, with poison. 
They come down to earth, they don't go back until they finish. Maybe it's not lecho, maybe it's la'akel. They come down and they destroy. They don't, they don't finish eating or digesting these, uh, these, uh, you know, these clouds full of, of uh, poison just destroy uh, across, across the world. Maybe this is the thought of the, the air being uh, bad air. Wherever this uh, death and destruction turns, it spews forth its anger. It, it takes everyone, both old and young, they didn't find any rest. Even its uh, breast of uh, consolation is evil. I mean, there's no, there's no consolation. There's no, no way of avoiding this plague. This cholera rejoices at destruction and hunger. It goes into the stomach, again, po pointing here to the, uh, to the uh, indigestion that, that it causes. It's not satisfied with taking one soul. It then will spread out among the whole household and uh, will, uh, will take apart and destroy and no one is saved. There's no uh, being saved from its poison. So he's pointing here to the idea that it's uh, the contagious aspect of, of cholera. That it doesn't just take one person, it takes their whole family. There's no protection against its destruct destructive weapons. No one knows how to, how to uh, satisfy it. Its steps are tracked with blood. Uh, suffering and pain are in its way. Uh, grief and pain are in its way. Um, and uh, also bo both young and old uh, and even babies, it, uh, it sends forth its fire. So uh, it doesn't hold back uh, from death uh, and, uh, and uh, it handed over its life forms, all the, all the people to pestilence. So as you can tell, I don't know if we're going to, uh, yeah, I think the, the poetry uh, recedes a bit, but a very strong, powerful, poetic description invoking multiple biblical uh, proof texts and uh, just showing the, you know, the relentless and, uh, and the relentless pain that, that cholera is inflicting in his community. Of course, God didn't forget to have mercy. And uh, God's, uh, God's mercy didn't uh, go up in, in his anger, didn't disappear. Even if God is pushing us away with his left hand, he's trying to bring us back with the right. God is, is uh, saving us. Uh, uh, hopefully Hashem will help keep this, uh, this disease at bay. Hopefully, 
Also, we, we've taken some efforts also to try to help prevent this disease from reaching us. And in the day of need or the day, the day of calling, uh, they didn't stand uh, apart not to help. We know that uh, this is part of the uh, covenant of cholera. This is how cholera works. If you don't eat, that's bad for you. Presumably, uh, cholera it kills through dehydration. If you don't eat, you're not getting hydrated. So it's necessary for people to have food, right? We um, something we didn't experience in Western countries during this pandemic, um, which is um, you know sometimes uh, sometimes diseases are exacerbated by people being unable to eat, just they can't afford food. And this was apparently a challenge in in Posen at the time. If there's if food is cut off, there's no way of defending against cholera. Our community uh, girded their loins and sent everyone what they needed. Right, God should remember for good that they helped all of our poor be fed. We had some healing for the pain of our nation. Um, I'm, I'm delighted at the wonders that were done among uh, individuals in the community to support the, the poor. Of uh, this September, whatever it is, right from the uh, from September, from the, he had he had a letter written back in September that he mentions haluta uh, po that he's enclosed here. So he sends asher nishlachena meis volcano yaram hodo, where he encloses with his letter requesting help from these communities a copy of the thank you letter sent to him from the king, uh, from King Friedrich William. He, uh, right, he had received a thank you from Friedrich William for the work he was doing in his community. And now he uses this with, for the goal of trying to raise further funds to support the community. Right, he's uh, the king who has control over all life, and he's so, so happy with what's done here. Right, to feed the poor, to help prevent the disease from affecting them. So we're doing important work here, he says. But the days are long and the people are weakening. People don't have the power to help. This weight is fully on their shoulder. They're the ones who have to provide for everyone. And the truth is, our, our, uh, you know, the, those who are more wealthy within the community were, were hurt even before the plague. Back nine months ago, because the Polish army, those the Polish weapon bearers, uh, turned their thoughts to this this fight, and uh, we know the uh, they called the November Uprising or the Polish-Russian War of 1830-1831. And months before the pandemic or this this uh, epidemic. The uh, uh, Russia and Poland were fighting, and uh, as he's going to say, that caused a, uh, a cutting off of international travel, and many Jews 
made their living uh, doing trade, and that very much hurt them. And then you had an epidemic, and people were starving and needed food. So it's sort of a, a double a double whammy. Also, sort of as a as a footnote, it could very well be. I think historians believe that part part of what brought the uh, the epidemic, the cholera epidemic, to Poland in the first place was the war. The engagement between Polish and Russian soldiers actually brought uh, cholera from Russia to Poland as well. So it's maybe a, a triple whammy. I don't know. So again, business, right? Trade was distance in chains. I think it's a bit of a mixed metaphor, but it wasn't happening at all. Both internally and internationally. Countries were cut off from, uh, you know, coming in and out. The uh, staff of bread or the regular, uh, the regular allotment of bread was broken. Right? It's our bread. It's our bread and butter. Jews, Jews trade. That's, uh, that's the main profession. Our city is sort of sitting desolate and doesn't have food. And we hear people crying out, everyone's weak, and the sword of the plague is going back and forth. Paraphrasing Pasuk. Therefore, I said, I'll go to the great ones. Um, I think here he means great financially, maybe. Those who fear God, who consider his name, to speak to their hearts and to tell them all this, of course. In, in a plea for, uh, for funding from these communities. And here he jumps into the, this is the pitch, or this is the ask. Adas Yeshurun, right? Community of Jeshurun, Yeshurun. Me'az hatavas hitavtem. Imkol ish yashar, holei chas lichem v'amitchem ketovas levavchem. Lachem nitnul amorasha. From the time you helped each person uh, in, in, with chesed and truth, uh, according to the goodness of your hearts, this is given to you as an inheritance. This is what Jews do. Jews help uh, and do chesed. Mata chesed ve'emes natu alai til me'levavchem v'tzimchechem bruchim hayu. Right, this uh, chesed and emes, this uh, loving kindness and truth are planted in the, uh, in the, uh, the uh, furrows of your hearts. And its plants are, are a blessing. Shu'u name az asher bara shemes ha'adam. Right, uh, turn now. Uh, from uh, the fact, or focus on the fact, God created man. Amar We'll have this will lead to a brotherhood and love, and will unify you hand in hand, and won't be undone. Even if we're far apart from one another, He's sending us the cities far away. We still can help. Each other. This is the time we're totally abandoned and deserted, and we're not saved. We need your help. Please, brothers. Right. Uh, give forth. Uh, spread out the uh, to, to the, the poor of, of our city. The blessing of your hands. Give them the fruit. Of the goodness of your heart, lechem tnufa. Right again, playing on the pasuk. From a distance, bring the bread of tnufa of waving. Right, he says tnofe, wave forth, send forth. 
the bread. Ilam machso magen pirsu kanfe chasdechem alai hadalim mein mein odlahem makom pnos yaminusmol. Send forth your wings and the wings of your mercy on those who are poor and have nowhere else to turn, right or left. Nidvas tovas levavchem yalele ratzon kisapuach batzayar sharon ba'arava the the uh, gift of the good of your hearts should go forth liratzon in goodwill, um, right? Carbonos are supposed to be liratzon, right? So it's like a, it's like a carbon. Your nedava, your free will offering of staka should be like a nedava, sacrificial free will offering. It should be yalaliratzon. It should go up before God uh, in goodwill. Kisapuach batzayar, like a uh, a fruit tree in the uh, in the trees of the of the forest. Uksharon ba'arava, like a rose. In the desert, and it shouldn't uh, it shouldn't be insignificant that uh, you know not uh, not for some time have I spoken to you about making a gift. Meaning, I don't do this every day, but we really need it now. Please, please uh, offer a gift. Turn your ears to my salvation or to my community salvation, and the one who dwells in heaven. Will hear your cries. Yazir Hosechem will ensure your own success. Which live pleasant lives in the circle, uh, the bosom of your families. All good should not be prevented from you. Morning, morning and not night should be the days of your life. Yidirchem at at your will and the will of your friends, um, and right, he signs it Akiva Gans or Kivager, and uh, this letter really a plea, both outlining the great uh, the great uh, crisis in the community, the combination of the 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 uh, cholera plague, and really the fact that there's not enough food for people to eat, and how people who are uh, malnourished are at greater risk, and reaching out to the heartstrings of of uh, these Jews in, in communities across the world, or across uh, Europe at least, asking them uh, for, for support here. So that's the, that's the uh, second letter. And again, really poetic, every, uh, you know, many, many biblical and Talmudic references, some more explicit than others in making these pleas. Uh, we'll just pause for a minute. Any, any thoughts or reflections on this? This is somewhat less, uh, less halachic or guidance, but it, again, it shows Part of what the rabbinic leadership is, or at least uh, certainly a large part of it, which is making sure that people who who have needs, especially financial needs, uh, are taken care of. I think also in the past year we saw, uh, I think some shuls, but I think also you know we have communal organizations in addition to the shul, uh, many of whom uh, many of whom undertook these uh, these projects. And food kitchens saw uh, uh, food pantries and 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 the like saw their numbers go uh, go way up. And different uh, different groups allocated uh, allocated food and other resources. Again, I don't think I don't think uh, people were starving and and uh, in the way that they were in Europe, but definitely uh, food insecurity still remains an issue in in our world. And, and there's there's some some parallels there. Um, any any thoughts? All right, so we'll jump into the third letter. This one is a bit closer to the first one. It's communal guidance. And maybe we'll move a bit more quickly for reasons of time and whatnot. 
a letter that Rafeger sent to many of his many who asked him, and this is a, a mass letter sent to many people. Uh, with guidance in terms of prayer of Ezra and the help people should do for one another. And this is Marcheshvan Tafkuf Sadi Bez, maybe a month, a month and a half later in uh, late 1831. And he writes the letter to Moshe Katz, uh, the Av Bezdin of Ansbach. So he says, Bali Pale Al Shlilas Chuvasi it shouldn't be, it's no wonder I haven't written this letter to you, I haven't responded to you. Uh, it took a while. You asked me how to prevent this disease, uh, cholera. Right? Notice he doesn't spell it holy right, he just says cholera. This is how you would, this is how you spell cholera in Yiddish, right? It's phonetic. Uh, right? The Aleph is a the ayin is a e, cholera. Uh, Right, all over, at least all over in the area of Europe that we're talking about. Because of my my weakness and my many responsibilities, I was too weak. was difficult to respond to everyone. Who asked uh, close and far? Once I had a bit of rest, I said, "Let's do this." Give a short version of my answer in general. Steindruck. I don't know exactly what form of printing that is, but he, I'll print a little pamphlet. Right, write a print, a, a, a letter with guidance to send to everyone. And here's the letter. And uh, right again, this was sent to multiple people with his guidance. And he calls out to the people, God should have mercy on them. He says, we should call out to God and uh, fix, the, fix the wrongs. And uh, introspect and do tshuva and pray to God. Add various chapters of Tehillim. The main thing is not quantity but quality of prayer. Right, read it eight times. And maybe it's talking about uh, finishing all of Tehillim eight times as a community, possibly. And then the prayer after Tehillim again. Uh, recommending the, not just the Hillam as a prayer, but the prayer after. slightly different text if you don't finish the whole book of Tehillim. <clears throat> so also pray for the king. As mentioned before, as well. Right, so the recommendations here so far are Tuva. Right, repentance, uh, tefillah, prayers, including some additional prayers, including Pita Torres and Saka, which, right, Shuba, Tefillah, and Saka, that's sort of a classic. You want to be Mavir, Esroa, Hadzera, right? So that's, that's where that, that uh, you know, that's where this paragraph is coming from. And then he adds other things. Um, right, we collect from those who are generous a significant amount of funds. Let's get a group of honorable, good people with good uh, character traits. Commission, 
right? Send up a commission of good, good-hearted people. She is asku b'davar zeh. We'll deal with the following issue. To give enough funds every week for the poor to be able to eat. Especially people who previously were able to support themselves. Now they're the newly poor. They may not be able, they may not be willing or able to get the help they need. This commission is supposed to investigate, figure out who needs the funding and ensure that it gets to them. And he says, this is literally the saving of lives. They're, so, uh, they're, they're under such financial pressure, they have to eat uh, gross foods or unhealthy foods. This leads to them uh, getting, and here he, he does say cholera, not cholera, but cholera, right? So uh, switching back and forth between descriptions. But this, the, the doctors say that eating these foods makes you more susceptible to cholera, and they're going to eat this out of financial necessity. This won't only affect them, this will affect others too. Right? It's, uh, it's contagious. So the fact that these people get sick will affect others as well. So it's, it's essential that we make sure that, that no, one gets, uh, no one gets sick and, and that everyone be, have the funding to eat healthy foods. Sometimes, um, uh, right, there are people who it's a little too difficult to spend, uh, to spend money. They can't help in that way. But he says that they should instead help uh, as, uh, as like volunteer nurses. Sometimes people get sick. And they won't call a doctor right away. They'll wait a couple of days until it gets worse. Then it's untreatable. Then it won't, it won't help. It'll be too late. I guess the people already are uh, dehydrated beyond repair. Make sure to go to the doctor right away. So this is medical advice, right? To not wait, but to make sure you go to the doctor right away. The money we collect is not just for food for people who need it, but also for medical supplies. The Hainu Hasamimanim, the relevant drugs, Rofim, and to pay the doctors, the Khodstarkosakoli for all, all relevant factors. Um, and that's why he says if you feel not well, you should immediately uh, go to the doctor. If you feel not well, Zo Haka again, vomiting or diarrhea, you shouldn't wait. One second, tell the doctor immediately, commission, make sure you get a doctor immediately. Um, until they get fully better. Um, and then he says, commission, Right, make sure that everyone will, will use the funding also make sure that everyone gets tea, coffee, and spirits, uh, I guess uh, alcohol. Uh, as, they, as they wish, as they desire, to clear their, their stomachs um, uh, to, or to rub their stomachs, so to speak. Um, but uh, again, if, if the issue is dehydration, certainly the tea and coffee uh, should help with that. Uh, right, the, the, 
they, he hired doctors for the, uh, to be on, uh, uh, on standby at the local hospital, uh, where the people don't have a place to go, and now there'll be doctors in this, this place where people can go. Um, and he says, I, I warned multiple times, Right, very important that people eat and drink and act as the doctor suggested, right? The follow the science. Whatever the doctors say not to eat, stay as far away, start, stay a, uh, a, an arrow's throw away, very far away, as if, this is an important line, right? Treat it as if it's not kosher. Don't violate what the doctors say, even one tiny bit. Don't go for a walk in the morning on an empty stomach, which the doctor is saying not to do. You need to drink warm water first. If you violate the doctor's orders, you sin greatly against God. According to Gemara, Says, uh, danger is more severe than uh, prohibition. You have to be more careful for uh, medical issues than you have to do for halachic issues. The doctor says that eating this or doing this is dangerous. It's as if it's eating not kosher and maybe even worse. Especially in our case, it's not only danger for you. It's not you're not just taking on a risk for yourself. You're endangering others. You cause the the disease to spread in the city. Your sin is too great to bear. Uh, last year, Rav Asher Weiss wrote a tshuva. What, what happens if someone realizes that they spread COVID to someone else and caused them to die? And uh, how do you do tshuva for that? What is the tshuva? And it's not a simple thing, right? Because you can causally trace your actions to a person's death, obviously not intentional, but it's, it's a really horrible thing. As Rekhineger says, Godol avonominaso, your sin is too great to bear. Um, this is what stood for us, our prayers, our tzaka, that God's uh, kindness has overwhelmed us. Uh, uh, this disease hasn't overcome us too much in our city. Hopefully Hashem will keep this going and uh, we won't, we won't uh, see the full, the full weight of, the, of this, these dangers. Then he says, right? we saw this in the earlier piece. The uh, uh, mustard seed. Matzati v'sefer Yasha notion. I found it in an old book. The footnote thinks it's Amtachas Pinyamin, which is uh, Itzik Hirsch uh, Kotetsky, a medical book, a Jewish medical book. Avelonisgru misragarinim. Let's say how many raklivloi ezigarinim aliberekana. Right, swallow some mustard seed on an empty stomach. Gamenin chatichas lechen. Matzati v'sefer who it also talks about bread, slices of bread. Below lasuch b'shum davar rakliyabish. Not to have, not to to uh, you know wet it with anything. Eat it dry, toast, right? Eat toast, which is good for people with an upset stomach. The least of a kiso, test yam, and keep it in your pocket for nine days so it dries out. Make sure you don't lose it. Um, but the point is, more medical advice here, right? Toast is good. Apparently, mustard seeds are good. Um, but we see in this piece, uh, in this piece, it talks about uh, the advice of uh, various medical advice, but really emphasizes listening to the doctors and chuba tfila and staka. Um, quickly just mention in passing some other rulings of Rav not in these chuvos, but um, on, on Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, uh, there was an issue of how to fit people in the shul. This was for his own community. And he said we should, you know, there's a, because of, we should space, because we should distance, 
it should be half, this was supposed to be only half full on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And it wasn't then like now, like there, there's more seats than, uh, than people often, right? That when you say the shul should be half full, it means that half the people go to shul on Rosh Hashanah, two days Rosh Hashanah. The other half of the people go to shul on Yom Kippur and everyone else stays home, right? There were no other locations. It's not like you rent out the local school or something. That, there were no options. This was what there was. And that's what, that's what they did. Um, in terms of fasting on Yom Kippur, Rav uh said that people should fast, although he had doctors on standby, whereas, uh, whereas uh, some others, uh, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter famously suggested that people, that people uh, not fast. There's many more discussions to be held. Also, Rav has a tshuva about saying Kaddish. The nature of saying Kaddish shifted. It used to be only one person would say Kaddish at any time. That This is still in some communities. But around this time, Rav said, so many people have to say Kaddish for their relatives who, uh, who died in the cholera epidemic that uh, you can have multiple people saying Kaddish uh, simultaneously, which is the main uh, mainstream minhag nowadays. In any event, I think we had a chance to look through, to, to read through and get a sense of how Rav responded. A combination of some halachic uh, consideration, some uh, aspects of how to daven, some aspects of uh, how to conduct oneself me medically, and the great importance of doing so. Um, the the stucca organization or the the uh, commission to make sure that people were supported. Rukvager himself reaching out to others, to other communities, trying to ensure that. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so we really get a, a window into what it means to be a, a Rav and a Gadol Ador in the time of, of a pandemic. And uh, as I mentioned throughout, many of the things that Rukvager emphasized are really echoed, uh, echoed today in one form uh, or another. So I'm happy to entertain questions or thoughts or uh, suggestions now. Um, and uh, you know, thank you for uh, being together. This is a wonderful opportunity to learn through the tshuva. Yeah, any questions or thoughts? I'm unmuted. I posted this in the chat as well. It's interesting to me, having now had several classes from different perspectives relating to plague, etc., that he in no way seems to imply that this cholera, cholera maca is because we've done something wrong, that there is sinfulness, that, that this is God's punishment of us. I don't see any of that kind of tone. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's a fair point. In, in, these, in these letters, at least I haven't, I, I, you know, I haven't read everything Rukhtavega wrote on this, or maybe there are things out there. But yeah, definitely what we see here, he doesn't mention that. He does say to do tshuva, um, of course, but, but uh, I think as many have pointed out, just because tshuva is a proper response to crisis doesn't mean that you're attributing the cause of the crisis to people's sins. Sometimes a little hard for people to uh, grasp that, but it's an important distinction that, as Judith, as I think you're pointing to. Um, yeah, it's an important, an important point. I would say, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to talk about this in two weeks, but I'd say in the past year, many, I gave, I gave a, a class on this for Drisha a year ago. Um, many people pointed to various uh, various averos, a wide range. Really, everyone had their own, you know, whatever someone's favorite avero was, uh, they blamed that on the pandemic. But yeah, you don't see that here. And, um, you know, it's uh, sometimes, I, I think when I gave that share a year ago, I quoted uh, by my Rebbe Rav Lichtenstein, that there's something of, of hubris in saying, you know, I know what the cause is and I can fix it. And I'll tell you, and it's, and usually it's not, it's not introspection. It's usually, you know, you people who do that did something wrong. Yeah, 100%, an important an important point uh, here as well that that figure doesn't go in the direction of. I see there was a request. Someone uh, Emily said uh, 
wanted to know if we could send the chew about Yom Kippur and Kaddish. Um, so, okay, I'll try to round up other relevant things and we can send them to the, to the people who signed up for this, uh, for this class. So thank you for, uh, thank you for asking that. Any other questions, comments, suggestions, ideas? Uh, if not, Kayla, why don't you tell us about uh, coming attractions? All right. Thank you, Rabbi Zikir, for our great class. And thank you to everyone who joined us today live on Zoom, on Gitcha Live, or on Facebook. Uh, we're going to continue our Sephira plague-related pro programming tomorrow night at 8 p.m. with a class from Rabbi Sarah um, Leasarna called Quandaries of Quarantine in Biblical, Talmudic, and Hasidic Literature. Um, in addition, our summer kollel will be starting up soon at the end of May. And if you are interested, please check our website to, and to consider applying. Um, you can find out more information on this class as well as all of our upcoming Sphere programming on our website at www.gracial.org slash classes. Um, thank you again, Rabbi Isaac here for this opportunity to learn with you. And for everyone who attended, we hope to see you again soon.